0: about the strides female entrepreneurs of color are making be inspired by their story and enlightened by their leadership insight and advice
1: welcome to she leads podcast leadership empowerment for women of color i'm your host nicole walker a mother businesswoman and leader our guest for today is dr dina brown Dr. Dina Brown is an executive director and certified speaker, coach, and trainer with the John Maxwell team. She's an international best-selling author and has been featured on ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox as a highly sought keynote speaker, business, and leadership growth expert. Her colleagues have dubbed her the millennial whisperer. However, her clients have identified her as the catalyst because she makes shift happen. Her gift is facilitating professional and personal growth by helping clients cultivate clarity, increase consciousness, and incorporate consistency into their daily practice. Dr. Dina Brown's expertise helps individuals build a clear path to significance that bridges their philosophy, vision, mission, and goals so they can live life by divine design, not default.
0: Without further ado, Leadership Empowerment with Dr. Dina Brown.
1: All right. So Dina, I read your bio and I love your nickname, The Catalysts. I'm also impressed by your many accolades, and I really admire how you're passionate about helping people live life by divine design. So that is really awesome. Kudos for you. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. So, Dean, I'd like to thank you for taking time to be a guest on She Leads Podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. We appreciate you blessing us with your insight today. My pleasure. I'm excited. Good. Okay. So now let's talk about leadership. So I myself feel that every person is a leader in one shape or form, whether they realize it or not. Would
0: you agree, Dina? I absolutely agree. However, some people might not do it effectively and efficiently, but yet everyone has the capacity to lead, but they first must start with leading themselves.
1: Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. I I totally agree. So can you tell us when you realized you were a leader and what or who helped you to come to this realization? I was
0: born a leader. I like that. And (laughs) developed my leadership capacity along the way. I say that because I am number seven of nine children and my mother instilled in us certain qualities, certain expectations, and I call them Ruby Louiseisms that she used to give us. And I instinctually did a lot of things at a young age. I didn't call it leadership. I just did it. It wasn't until later in life that I realized that, oh, this is what leadership capacity is because I would get placed in situations and I had to make decisions. When everyone was stopping and pondering and not knowing what to do, I had to take the bull by the horns and say, no, here it is here's what we will do, here's the why, and here's the strategies and steps to put into place. And I have been doing that literally since grade school. And my siblings who are older than me, I used to kind of sort of boss them around as well, because I really believed in efficiency around the house, especially with nine kids. Mm -hmm. And so I've been doing this. However, my capacity to lead has grown over the years. We had some dips, but all I can say is it's grown.
1: Yes, thanks for that. I totally understand and can relate to what you mean. Not within a number of kids, but just being a very take charge as a young age. I remember my grandmother telling me I should be a teacher because I was bossy. And I mean, this was like, you know, how old was I? <laughs> so I definitely understand what you mean. Thanks for that. Okay, so in my upcoming book, The Code of Leadership, The If-Then Process, I outline my experiences and lessons that have helped me to become a better leader with the intention of helping others do the same.
0: Dina, can you share what you would consider to be your code of leadership and why? For me, that sense of code of leadership starts with, for my mentor, what he shares is the law of solid ground, and that is having trust. Because everything rises and falls on leadership. However, if you cannot trust the leader, meaning even the leader within you, then how can you really be efficient and effective as a leader? So for me, developing relationships that's built on trust and even learning to trust my own sense of awareness and divine clarity has been key and important. So when I work with clients, that's usually huge is that, do you know who you are? Do you even trust yourself? Because before you ask anyone else to do so, we have to take a look at how are you leading? How are you framing your sense of understanding in relationship to connecting with other people, whether it's growing a business, whether it's tutoring them, mentoring them, or even leading them in a corporate capacity?
1: Okay, yes, thanks for that. That is awesome. Trust amongst others, but also for yourself. I think that's really deep, really deep. Okay. So I believe all leaders experience failure. I myself, I don't like to consider them failures. I like to consider them lessons, more of an optimistic view. But Dina, can you share your view on failure and what it means to you?
0: I actually share the same philosophy as you and I. I actually expanded and say fail forward faster. Wow! I look failures failure as opportunity to grow as a challenge to innovate, to ante up and say, ooh, that didn't happen the way I thought it was going to be. Let me shake off the bruise a little bit. Let me put a Band-Aid on my feelings, and let's get to work. Because obviously, there's another way, and because I'm really excited by the challenge, and I have a I can, I will, I am mentality, that that failure was just another opportunity for me To improve and to grow and actually find a new way and a more innovative strategy to make it happen. So I call it fail forward faster. And that is where your true growth occurs. And that's where innovation actually happens.
1: Yes, I like that. I was just reading something about that today, actually. That's so funny. (laughs) Okay. So, Dina, can you share one time you failed as a leader and what you learned from that experience that helped you to become a better leader?
0: Wow, there's a couple. (laughs) couple, But I will share one of the more personal spaces. And I think for women, especially African-American women, is usually in that family capacity as a mother. I think that we sometimes take away the importance of our leadership role as a parent and that we don't realize that the children that are assigned to us, whether by birth, by blood, by relationship is that we are charged to help them become better leaders. So for me, I think about one particular incident with my son, Xavier, and failing to communicate effectively with him. And what it did was caused him to question himself. It actually caused him to shrink back from using his voice, And what I did to correct that is that when I realized what I was doing, I was shutting him down and not listening. And he was explaining things and I was prejudging. And, you know, sometimes as a parent, we go all in and we don't really think all about the situation. And so he came to me. And tears later. And when I sat down and got quiet and I just listened, I realized, ooh, it was my bad. I totally had it all wrong. I totally had everything that he was coming to me with. I had looked at it through my personal lens and not his lens. And that's what we do often as adults with people we work with. And for me, this was the most significant failure because it hurt deep. I don't want to silence my child. I didn't want to be silenced, but yet I did that. I stole uh, momentarily his power. And so how can I raise him to be a leader that's vocal when I was stealing his power and his voice? And you, you say the same things to them. You know, the more you just you tell them that they're wrong, you tell them things like, are you going to call me a liar? Are you questioning me? Well, when I thought about it later, you want your child to question you especially if they need more answers if you're not being clear enough and so what I did was I apologized I went back and then I explained the human factor as the mommy leaders that sometimes we get it wrong sometimes Mm -hmm. I might assume that you did something and you didn't actually do it and I don't want you to just accept blame for it because you think that's what my expectation was because if we allow them to do that they can find themselves in a situation where they will accept blame outside of the house, outside of our protective circle. And then there's no recourse, especially raising a young black male in America. And so I had to kind of go back and reevaluate and start to respond instead of react to the situations. So I find that my momentary, and it's probably been others, my mommy failure to communicate and reciprocate that on relationship and listening piece with my son has been one of the biggest areas that I felt like I failed. But the good thing is, is that I recovered.
1: Yes. Thank you for sharing that. I can definitely relate to those leadership challenges as being a parent. Oh my goodness. (laughs) But yes.
0: That's the other piece. I didn't think about that. Adding that other caveat is that raising a child in the midst of divorce Mm-hmm. raising a child as a single mom as a businesswoman and in my former profession as a school principal and administrator and it was a lot so those 16 17 hour days where you're giving everybody else all you got but yet when you come home you don't have or you have to try to carve out a little bit more for your family when they should have taken priority
1: mm-hmm. yes yes i totally agree with you thanks for that Okay. So Dana, do you feel it's easier, harder, or requires the same effort to be a female leader in the entrepreneur ecosystem and why?
0: I think I was actually been working on some material on that. I think that it's more challenging. And I'll tell you why, because our mindset is not in that space, that we get in the habit of nurturing and feeling guilty for wanting and expecting and requiring people to give us more. And we carry that into our business space. So when we encounter resistance, we think that, oh, it's the norm. Well, it shouldn't be the norm and we shouldn't accept it. And so as a woman, that's already there because, again, we're supposed to just be satisfied with. And that has been a historical models. And then as an African-American woman in business, then there you add that other layer on there as well. And so our mindset is the biggest challenge. And then our access to resources Hmm. is the second. And it's the knowledge and awareness of where to retrieve those resources and how to connect with the people who have the answers. And that's the power of networking to increase your net worth is how do you connect with the right people? Where do you find them? And do you even know where to look? And oftentimes as women, we get a little intimidated because we think we have to enter a man's world or we have to be manly, but you don't. You could dominate the scene as a woman. You can make those connections as a woman. And that's why I explicitly say that it starts with how we think about ourselves. And we have a lot of scaling and layers to pull back because there's some hurts in there. There's some insecurities. There's some doubt there's what other people have historically perceived about us that we say that we don't allow it to impact us, but we do. So we don't really clean that out. So when we walk into the space, we already are walking into the space at a disadvantage and we don't often ask and demand what we should have and, what, and the resources, the opportunities that should be granted to us, not because we're a woman, but because we are business owners and entrepreneurs.
1: Yes. I like that. And that is mindset is so important. That's been like the hot topic that's been coming at me for the last few days. Mindset, mindset, mindset. That's so funny. You talk about it today. Yes. Yes. Thank you for that. Okay. So productivity is a hot topic right now as it should be. Many yes. people want to know how to do more with less and be efficient as a successful leader.
0: This is a must. So Dina, do you have any productivity tips to share with our listeners? Absolutely, is that the very first thing that you need to do is really get clear. What are you doing? What are you working towards? What are you working for? Do you even know? And once you've identified that through various you know, steps, which number one, asking yourself the questions of the why. And I always tell people, not Simon Sinek's, you know, start with why. Mm-hmm. My thing is getting back to why. Why did you even want to do this? What's the purpose of it? And once you get clarity about that, then you write it down, <laughs> <laughs> write it down, Yes. <laughs> write it down. And once you write it down and you begin to look and decide that, okay, what do I currently possess as far as skills, abilities, and resources to achieve this? What do, what is my current status? And once you identify your current status of your pluses and your opportunities for growth, then you pick one to start with. Mm. Don't start to tackle the whole list at once because you get overwhelmed, you get off topic and then you will spin your heels and it's another tool for you to procrastinate.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So if you identify clarity, it's number one, here's what I want to do. Here's what my product should be. My product, one of a client I worked with, my product is writing a book. I said, okay, so, but I don't know where to start. I said, just start. Write one word. One word turns into two words. Three words turns into a sentence. One sentence turns into a paragraph. One yeah. paragraph turns into a page. <laughs> okay, and just to break that down, and it's the same with our pro- whatever we are we're trying to accomplish, whether it's physical, mental, or emotional. Once you write it down, once you identify where you're going to start, and then you identify one step that you're going to do, and then you can begin to scaffold that and build your strategic plan that is written trying to keep everything in your mind like it's a lock vault. Put it on paper. Mm-hmm. Take a look at it. Reassess it. And then you align. What would you need? Every time you hit that step, I always ask, what do you need to make it happen today? Not three weeks from now, a month from now. What do you need to do today to make this happen? And then when you move to that one, okay, now I've, I've done this today. So then if you need to put it into micro steps, Put it into micro steps because as long as you're moving forward, you are moving. Yes. And that's really the big key to productivity is to just move, get started one step. And if you're taking a micro step, celebrate the micro step. Mm -hmm. And guess what? All those micro steps, they add up to one big leap. Yes.
1: Yes. I totally agree. And I love that. Okay, thank you. So, Dana, can you share an experience that blessed your leadership and what your outcome or takeaway was? That blessed my leadership? Yes. So just an experience that kind of just did something for you via leadership and kind of what you took away or what you learned.
0: One of the, the greatest, I think, investments I made in myself that actually blessed me was in joining the John Maxwell team and becoming a certified speaker, trainer, and coach with the John Maxwell team. And I say that because when I was in the midst of a lifestyle transition, career transition, I didn't necessarily need another degree because I had been doing training, coaching, development for over 20 years. But I needed a tribe of like-minded thinkers that were going to pour into me and help me stretch and grow and think outside of my box. And then joining that team, which was aligned to... My divine calling as well. And looking at first adding value to people so that I could add value to myself, that was really huge. And my first IMC, which is our international certification conference, when I went there and I sat down at a round table with John Maxwell himself, and he openly answered the questions that we had and that I particularly had about How do we begin to truly walk the talk even in the face of adversity, even in the face when we're questioning ourselves, even when others wonder why we're doing it? That was a huge blessing. And his point was, and I don't have his words verbatim at that, that's been a couple of years now, is that, but I remember the feeling that I had Mm -hmm. was that it was the permission to be my authentic self mission to say that I care about people and process over processes therefore I didn't need to chase profit I needed to operate in my divine calling and my purpose And guess what? The prophets would come to me and I would actually see authentic progress because I was owning my truth. And when he shared that and his stories of how he got there and that in the beginning, there wasn't anybody there. He he transitioned from a faith-based into more of a non-faith-based and that what he thought and how he thought, it didn't work. It took some time. And he had people question him and tell him he wouldn't be successful. But he maintained that this is what He needed to be true to himself. And so when I sat there in that environment with other like-minded thinkers and believers and even non-believers, because our core was we needed to operate in our truth and being in a room with everyone agreed to focus on operating as their authentic selves, despite what was going on, that was one of my most blessed moments and that was what 2016 when I transitioned it was August
1: 2016. Awesome that's awesome and I love that being your authentic self that is definitely a gem for everyone to take away be authentic please. Thank
0: Please. you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the good, the bad, the ugly. And I think that's what's so hard for many people why they're stuck and they are they're spinning their heels in a in a hamster wheel is that they're so afraid to be themselves because they're so worried about other people not liking them that they don't even like themselves.
1: Yes. Take it all for what it's worth. Definitely. Definitely agree with you.
0: Great advice, guys. Take heed, please.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. So Dina, can you offer our listeners, you may have just done this, but can you offer our listeners the best (laughs) advice you have as a leader or have ever received from a leader and how you've implemented it into your life?
0: Yes. I will use one of my favorite laws from John Maxwell's 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. And that's the law of navigation. Anyone can steer the ship, but it takes a leader to chart the course. So what are you going to do? Are you going to be so wrapped up in trying to steer the ship? or Are you going to empower others so that the course you charted, meaning the, those goals and that big picture that you set forth ahead of the plan, that you can actually be looking an eagle's eye view and seeing how you're going to arrive at that? Or are you going to be so caught up in the minuscule details? that you don't really get to do what you're supposed to be doing as a leader because you're so busy trying to be in the midst of your followers.
1: Mm -hmm. I love that. Actually, yes. I I talk about that in my book, not in those words, but you have to learn to let go. And and it's a lot harder than it seems, you know, but um, that's definitely a leadership trait that has to be embraced to move to the next level.
0: Trust me, I'm working with a client right now that I keep trying to tell her, let go of some (laughs) things. Because you are making, you're bringing everybody else into your chaos and you're not letting people work in their strengths and you're not even able, you're not even working in your strength because you're trying to do every job instead of your job as the leader. Well, it makes me think, you know, it's like your baby. So then it's like your
1: baby, especially when it's your business. So it's hard to kind of just give your baby over to other people. But if you think about like uh, when you hire a babysitter, you know, hopefully you've, interviewed and made sure that they're qualified, you know, and then if not, then you have to look at yourself and figure out, you know, where you can do better in doing that. But if they're qualified, then you have to kind of let it go and focus on your other task at hand. So I definitely, definitely, definitely agree with that. And thank you so much for sharing that with us.
0: You think, why did you hire them
1: in the first place? Exactly. All right. So Dina, you made it to the finish line. How do you feel?
0: I feel fantastic. Like I said, I love talking about leadership and its entire capacity. And as for women particularly, I think that there has to be a paradigm shift in how we think about ourselves as leaders. And once we do that, then you know the world truly is not just our oyster, it is ours for the taking. It was ours in the beginning anyway. Everything comes in birth from a woman. And I think that whatever has happened to distort the narrative. It has to be fixed. And we have to be honest with ourselves on what that is and then be honest enough with ourselves to realize that we need to make a shift and do something about it.
1: Yes. Thank you for that. So I want to thank you again for being my guest on She Leads podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. But before we part, do you want to give our listeners your contact information or mention any events, products, services, or ventures that they would benefit from knowing
0: about? Well, I'm super excited to talk about the Lead Her Shift Academy, which launches July 14th with our first live event. So pretty excited about that. It focuses on the journey of me on the road to I am. And it's designed to really help women rewrite and reframe their narrative so that they can lead and live a life by design, divine design, and not by default.
1: That's awesome. That's so awesome. So pretty
0: excited. Working with five amazing young entrepreneurs and mothers and business women from all different walks of life. And it will be their showcase of what they've done over the course of our six-month training and developing and coaching and developing and branding season, I call it, and they get to showcase their story. And at the actual event, we get to help other women begin to start to write their new story, their new song.
1: Okay, that's awesome. And besides that, do you have any contact information or somewhere people want to reach out to you or possibly join the next... Lead Her
0: event. Yes. Well, the best way to get a hold of me is if you can follow me on Instagram. I'm really adding Instagram and buoying my Instagram life up at Dr. Dina Speaks on Instagram and Twitter. And they can go to dbcoachingandconsulting.com and find out what's going on, check the calendar, send me messages if they're interested in linking up and connecting with me on another level. Scheduling, I call them a shot of vitamin D, add a little sunshine um, to your life. (laughs) And um, to do that, if, if you're stuck and you're really needing a shift and you don't know where to start, then I look forward to talking with women who are in transition and really need help with their translation.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks again for being our guest on She Leads podcast, Leadership Empowerment for Women of Color. It has definitely been our pleasure.
0: Oh, thank you for having me.
1: I really enjoyed this interview with Dina. I love Dina's overall take on leadership and the leadership insights she provided. As Dina mentioned, being a leader begins with leading yourself first. Dina asks two great questions. Do you know yourself and do you trust yourself? Self-awareness and self-acceptance is vital to lead effectively and successfully. I admire Dina's desire for continual growth, which led her to join the John Maxwell team. According to Dina, joining the John Maxwell team gave her a sense of belonging as this is where she discovered her tribe of like-minded thinkers. Discovering your tribe is extremely important as it provides a sense of connection which is needed to thrive. For Dina, the John Maxwell team put her in connection with people to stretch and grow her as a person. As a successful leader, it is imperative to surround yourself with people that challenge you and help to bring out the best in you. I can relate to the challenges Dina faced with raising her son and realizing that she was not being the best mommy leader she could be, as I also struggled in this area while raising my daughter. As with Dina, communication was where I also fell short. I agree with Dina's stance of needing to take time to listen and realize that different people have different viewpoints, and it is important not to dismiss others when our viewpoints are not in alignment.
0: Nicole Walker's takeaway for this week
1: My takeaway for this week is the importance of focusing on the bigger picture. Dina referenced the law of navigation, explaining how leaders are responsible for charting the course. This is definitely an area where I struggle at times. It can be easy to get distracted by the minuscule details, thus derailing the focus on the overall picture. I plan to continually work on myself in this area. And now we have Nicole Walker's Leadership Challenge of the Week. My leadership challenge for you would be to think about the one thing you can take away from this episode and adopt into your life. I know it's hard to absorb too much information at one time, and it's even harder to try and implement too many changes at once. When I attend trainings or listen to podcasts, I aim to walk away with at least one thing that stuck out to me and one way that I can change as a result. I challenge you to do the same. If you decide to take me up on my challenge, I would love to know about your key takeaway. If you care to share, please go to my blog on NicoleWalker.net and leave your comment under the section for today's episode, which is Leadership Empowerment with Dr. Dina
0: Brown. Thanks, and until next time, be empowered and empower on.